Welcome to Very Honored Frater BT's Esoteric Nerd Podcast, Episode 78, in which in which the guest that I had interviewed back then has now requested uh, that I take down the episode. Uh, this is Edward from the Future, October 2018 speaking. Apparently, uh, people in his local neighborhood in Serbia were starting to listen to the uh, episode and act strangely and discriminate against him in town there, so he's hoping that that'll uh, go away, decrease rather than increase if the episode is taken down. So it's unfortunate, as especially it, uh, it was one with Joe as co-host. If you would like to to hear the episode um you can reach me write to me ask me if if i can send you the full episode 78 and i will send it to you so you can hear that um otherwise i hope you enjoy this uh segment of transformation this is the segment in which i recite verse by verse the uh, book authored by my father, John Dan Reeb, in 1976. If you haven't heard the previous episodes, uh, this might sound a little odd because we're jumping in with the word also for context about where we're at in the thought process. Go ahead and check out episode 76 in which Silence the Aquarian and I interviewed Jin the Aquarian. This is Transformations. Chapter 2 Verse 10. Also, when they remember for themselves, they get to find their balance. In other words, they get to get that they are already balanced. That's nice. Verse 11. What are the flesh place fear junkies thinking as they read this right now? Ah, you and I, we know. Verse 12. First, they are thinking, what the hell is this? Some kind of psychosis? Is it a communist plot? Is it a capitalist plot? For sure they find it fascinating, even though a bit boring. They put all of their considerations out where they can experience them as they read this. Verse 13. Many of the stuck ones are probably sure this is a conspiracy of some sort, if not some kind of new religious cult, or both. Alas, the shackles of the Piscean Age remain familiar and unidentified to those who walk forward in life, looking at a mirror at what they've passed by, and, seeing it backwards, think that's what's ahead. Verse 14. Now they have an option about being stuck. Still, those stuck in their heads are going to want footnotes, or read them into the text, and try to understand. Some of them will even think and convince others that they understand. Some will take this personally and feel as if they're being jeered at. Those who stay stuck may never ever find out who I am. They may never ever guess who you are. Still, now they have an option about never ever. Verse 15. If we say more at this point, we will violate our agreement to whisper about familiar things, won't we? 
Let's not do that. Let's play the game of the no masks and the lion dance. Let's even give the head-stuck flesh-place fear junkies opportunities to goose-chase footnotes. It's fun till it gets boring. Boredom is almost there. And now for the footnotes. So we're talking about letting people remember for themselves rather than shoving the gnosis down their throat, as it were. I like the part about putting all of their considerations out where they can experience them as they read this. It reminds me of the cognitive bias with which people approach conversations or whatever it is they're looking at. These days, that seems to be the fuel of clickbait. But he's addressing how... You can say all these things and people are going to read what they want to into it. They are reading something not to gain from the book, but to reaffirm what they think or to have opinions about the author's ulterior motives or draw conclusions that were unintended based on what he's saying. This happens all the time, of course. I really love the line about the shackles of the Piscean Age and looking at a mirror of what we've passed by and thinking that's what's ahead. It's a really hopeful message, the idea that we might actually be moving into a new tape rather than just recycling the old ones. And here we have the first mention in Transformations of footnotes, of which this, me talking right now, the footnotes in the Transformations and Footnotes segment, the footnotes part of the name Transformations and Footnotes is a reference the head-stuck, goose-chasing footnotes. And then what was he about to say? They may never ever find out who I am. The problem is putting it into words. Is this capital G? Is it all caps? Is it lowercase g? What's going on? Defending this or that aspect of their own comfort zone. Boredom is almost there. I'm fairly certain this is a direct reference to the emotional tone scale that was used in Est, which my dad was studying when he wrote this. If you look at the tone scale, boredom is the very, very bottom of the plus emotions. Below boredom is antagonism, and then anger, and then it goes down into all kinds of awful vibrations. But once you get up to boredom, then you can start to rise up into mild interest, and even beyond into enthusiasm, maybe. Let's bring in our co-host, Joe Shans. sounds like um, what they're doing is kind of this mix between Eastern and Western, which I kind of think, you know, for a long time, there's there's needed to be a really good bridge. And I know that that um, that a number of other groups are kind of working on this as well. So this is yeah. really kind of cool yeah. to see, you know, Eastern techniques, the, you know, the Eastern mystery tradition really mesh with the Western mystery tradition, which has really needed to happen for a while. I mean, Golden Dawn tried to do it a little bit with the whole taught was thing but yeah it was like an early attempt the flavor of the day kind of thing you know yeah 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 it's interesting to see the the various types of attempts at bringing together east and west there's that new astrology you know the book that that's all on the shelves the mixing you know you're a virgo horse i'm a i'm a virgo earth horse I, I wanted to mention, because you had posted it like two months ago or something, about the Unarius cult in the 80s. Oh, yeah. From out of the stars, a beacon of light beckons humanity forward. 
bringing a message of scientific understanding, creative expression, and exemplifying love in action. Yeah, I'm, I just think they're really fascinating, and the, the leader <clears throat> was just this really cool and charismatic woman. I really loved reading about her, and all the outfits and everything. Uh, Uriel, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was, it's really cool. I mean, you know, in a sense, um, what I liked about them is that they really were creating a lot of the same kinds of internal changes, you know, through uh, – like I hate to say costume, but yeah, the psychodrama around it, I think really was very therapeutic for yeah. them and really helped to, um, you know, she seemed to have, you know, it's hard to know just from reading about someone and, and you, you're always looking through the lens of other people and their followers. But I think that, you know, she seemed to really have people's best interest at heart and really wanted to help to elevate and, and kind of free people. Yeah. And I love that about her. That's true. I, I watched one of the videos where they had a woman who I think she was a dancer professionally and uh, they were back in Atlantis or something and they were dressed up doing this whole thing. And then Baal was there saying, dance for Baal. And she starts weeping saying, no, I dance for fun. I dance for joy. I don't dance for Baal. I was like, wow, this is deep stuff, kind of like deep, deep down in the layers of, uh, well, history anyway, or pseudo history or whatever it is yeah and you know i think that it, it also kind of i think that having something out there as a model um you know people can kind of take from that what they will they can laugh at it and i think right. that if, if it's amusing to people i think that that's also not necessarily a bad thing but i think that there was something very real happening to uh those people and you know they they don't, they don't have any kind of lineage you know, it's not like, oh, you must have the, this this weird lineage. It's just like, you right. know, create your own thing. Create your own adventure, which I really – I kind of like. Yeah. Being into sci-fi and interdimensional stuff and aliens, it's it's interesting and fun to see when there's like crossover between religion and cults and sci-fi. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think that they you – know, at the end of the day, they weren't harming anyone. They were just kind of doing their own thing. And, you know, I loved the, the just – the the effort and skill that they put into their their costumes and things yeah very interesting yeah so if any of you guys happen to be listening uh get in touch with us or if anybody knows anyone who was involved or has any kind of insight into that we'd, we'd love to have you on the show thank you joe chance for being my co-host special thanks to susuma ueda and his father and the other monks at jofuku in temple on mount Koyasan for the music you're hearing right now as well as in the introduction to every episode. Special thanks to Jean-Michel Jarre for Oxygen, which played in the background during the Transformations recital. There's an Oxygen 3 now. The first one came out in the 70s. That's the one that I use. The second one, I believe, came out in the 80s. The third one just came out. Special thanks to Mick Smiley for the track, I believe it's Magic, from the Ghostbusters soundtrack. Special thanks to Camille and Kennerly and most importantly, thank you to you, the esoteric nerd listening to this podcast. Until next time. Good night.